this afternoon. Lord, we commit ourselves into your hands. We ask that you help us. Father, we've all come here trusting you and desiring a word from you. Father, I pray that your word will come and strengthen. Your word will come and deliver. That your word will bring good counsel and wisdom. Your word will bring realignment in our lives, O oh Lord. In our homes, in our relationships, in our families, O oh Lord. We ask for mercy. We ask that you soften our hearts to receive your engrafted word, O oh Lord. May our lives never be the same again because of your word. Where hope is lost, may hope be restored. Where trust is broken, may trust be restored. Where faith is shaken, may faith be strengthened, O Lord. Heal us, O Lord, and we will be healed. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in our midst. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seats. I was about to read about 200 passages, and I thought you should all stand so I will read it, because after all, you'll be sitting and I'll be standing. But the Lord softened my heart, so it's okay. Hallelujah. I think we should put our hands together for our media team also. I mean, I don't know. I was very surprised. I was wondering who was talking on this and when, you know, and I realized that we have to be mindful of what we say and when and how, isn't it? Yeah, because, but I'm also going to listen to that message again. I think that it will bless me. <laughs> it was last year's Couple for Life. Yeah. But next week, we are going to find out what's the five. And we are also going to find the vibe. Hallelujah. Some of us have been vibing where we shouldn't be vibing. <coughs> Let me read some passages to us. You know, I know we have questions, so I'll just share a bit and then we will. I'm not sure why Reverend has put me on this, this thing, but please let's put our hands together for our very own, my very own. I have something to tell you about Reverend, but I won't tell you this week. I'll tell you next week. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't realize that all of us have potential to be bribed and to be corrupted. Ooh, maybe you are not, you know, <laughs> bribable in a certain area, but you're actually very, very bribable in, yeah. So right now, I'm just telling him that I'm very, very bribable. <laughs> so that what I come and say will, um, will favor him. Yeah. Last week, I was only able to um, introduce our theme of the month, isn't it? And then we had questions. I received a few messages. You see, when somebody has asked a question, they've actually asked it on behalf of 20 or 30 people. Do you know that? 
And I think that it's really good that we take time out to do that because everybody's life at one stage or the other is influenced by relationships. Some of us, we don't even have good relationships with family, you know, and if you come from a very dysfunctional family like my own, you realize that. I don't know why that one, they don't allow us to put it on our status. Family life complicated. <laughs> you know, some of us, we, our family lives are very complicated. Sometimes somebody will ask you, where is your father? You know how somebody will just answer, oh, my dad is in London, my dad is in Nigeria. You, you have to explain. <laughs> uh, this morning I woke up and I told Reverend that, you know, you see, for me personally, if I'm teaching on something, first of all, God deals with me on it before anybody else. Do, do you understand? It's not a message for you. It's a message for me that I'm sharing with you also. Or you don't get what I'm saying? Yeah, so if it's something that I'm doing right, then God is saying do more. If it's something that I'm doing wrong, then God is saying adjust. Or do you get it? So this morning I was telling Reverend that that's why I don't like preaching on some of these things because this is what the Lord is saying. And he was like, yeah, call them. I was like, no, drama. Anyway, I don't know what your family lives are. You see, as I say, some of you are thinking about your mother or your father or your sister or your uncle. We are not talking even about boyfriend, girlfriend. Those are low-level issues. <laughs> We'll come to that. For some of you, that's like your highest problem. I'm here I'm behind this problem to tell you that that's your lowest problem. Hallelujah. You know, I think it was Mr. Joe that was talking to me about, I said, when Ignite, when they are in uni, their two main focus is um, career and relationship. And he was like, how did you know? I said, yeah, because their education, they haven't put it on the highest. Even though currently they are in uni and that should be right at the top. It is trailing behind Johnny, Sammy, Danny. It is at the back. You know? Even when they don't do well in an exam, they sleep. But when they don't get the right phone call, Isaiah 5410 NLT, the Bible says, For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. You know, last week and this week, my aim was to collectively, as Christians, bring ourselves to a pause and then assess and then realign where needed. Do you understand? Sometimes you assess, you know, you stop and it's like, am I actually on my way to York? And then you check and realize, no, actually, you're on your way to Leicester. Then you say, oh. then you check your GPO and then you put the right postcode in. You know, sometimes you check and it's like, oh yeah, your case ahead of me, 30 minutes, then you keep going. But then you realize that actually I have to get to York, but the petrol I have is not enough to take. Do you understand? Sometimes you need a port. In fact, most of the newer cars that are being made, when you drive X amount, oh, beep, 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 take a break. It will force you to stop. I don't know if uh, Alfred said one day Alfred decided to ignore the pause in my car. And me too, I was like, yeah, let's go, let's go. Then I saw on the motor somewhere, the car was like, you people, you don't actually listen. <laughs> so stop. 
you know, so, and you realize that you stop, whether it's, if you stop and you start it again, it will remind you you haven't stopped, you haven't paused. You couldn't have thought of anything or rested or stretched your legs in this one second, you know, and I believe that it will be a disservice to just jump in and say, if you want a good wife, if you want a good husband, if you want your marriage to, if you want your, sometimes you need to stop and check yourself first and put some things in place. Whether you're already married, whether you're single, whether you're a parent, you need to check yourself. Otherwise, you will be building on sand. Do you understand? Otherwise, the storms will come and blow you away. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that is why I'm going to spend a bit of time just to walk us through some scriptures and also to help us. Today, my main discussion will be from before you jump, you know, chapter four. If you don't have it, please get one. Okay, get one. It's good. Every now and then, you can go and do reference, red flags, then go and check. And then you'll be like, don't call me again. I saw you in a book. I saw you in a book. I saw you in a book, you know. So I wanted us to look at a number of scriptures. I might read some of them, but I'll give you all of them. And what I want you to do with the scriptures is that in this month, find time, read them, study them, meditate on them, you know. One of the things about meditation is that there are various levels and dimensions of meditation. Do you understand? The highest form of meditation is when the word has become you. Do you understand that now you believe the word beyond any reasonable doubt? Do you understand? Then it means that your meditation has been well cooked. Some of them, when we say meditate, you ponder, you think, yeah, yeah, his promises are yea and amen. Amen. Yea, yes, promise. And that's it. But you go out and somebody say, I see you being blessed. Say, if you know how I'm struggling today, you can come and tell me I see you. You have not meditated on the scripture to the level where it has become you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So these passages are more for you and your appreciation, first of all, of the love of God and also the love that is in you that you're supposed to also share out, you know, from immediate, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the outermost parts. Some of us, nobody in Jerusalem gets your love. Nobody in Judea. The uttermost parts, you have been dropping your love. But anyway, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. It's a passage, verse 4 to 7. Every wedding, we read it. Every, a uh, lot of marriage counseling, we start with it. You know, but I will read it again because so far, not all of it is working in your life. Love is patient. I'm reading a number of them from the NLT. If it's not the NLT, I'll tell you. So speed. Please, when is 1240? Okay, threaten me. Love is patient and kind. And when you threaten me, be response, be, res- be ready for a response. <laughs> I don't know. In, in, the, in Leeds, you don't have it much. In London... There was a season where maybe if you mistakenly overtake somebody or the red light turns green and you don't move your car, the person behind you, sometimes they'll get out of their car, or, you know. And I remember once, I don't know if Reverend remembers this, and then the person was misbehaving, either trying to block him or something, and the person had attitude. The Reverend got out of the car. 
the, the guy moved his car. <laughs> Marry somebody who can protect you. <laughs> Love is very... You see, the person also didn't know that this was a pastor. Maybe if he had said, you know, but just Reverend got out and had the face of... You want to try me? <laughs> Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Are you the drama? It does not demand its own way. It's, it's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. Women say amen. amen. All of us can find ourselves inside there, isn't it? Because there are some category of people who keep record of wrong longer amen. and in more detail. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Another scripture is Galatians 5, but we read it last week, so just put it down, 22 to 26. Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 9. John 14. 20 to 25, I'll read that one. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father. I am in my Father, and you are in me. And I, I, am, and I am in you. Can you imagine meditating on a passage like this? Do you understand? Christ is in the Father. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. So it means that if you don't obey the word of God, we equate it to not loving God. Isn't it? And because they love me, my father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. That's why we all have our own individual relationship with the father. If you are a Christian, you can never say I'm single. Some of you, Wednesday is coming, you are gyrating. You're about to go to car factory, buy yourself a card, and then put in it, missing you. And then you let it fall out of your book or something. Say, ah, who sent this? <laughs> if you are a Christian, you are never single. The Bible says when it talks about marriage, it talks about a threefold cord. Husband, wife, and God. If you are not married, it's a two-fold cord, you and God. You are never, ever single. Do you understand? Yes. Next time somebody tells you you are gnashing, it's not Jesus alone. <laughs> you see, sometimes you see people in church, you feel like the service has touched them, or you feel that, but sometimes it's not just the service. They turn around, saw somebody, and joy came, or anger came. <sighs> Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name said to him, Lord, why are you going to, when, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. Ask your neighbor, do you do what the Lord says? Do you see why I'm trying to start from here? Because sometimes what the Lord is saying is contrary to your feeling. 
is contrary to, do you understand? What the Lord is saying is in opposite direction to the plans you are just taking. You think about it. If you are married and you are unzipping with somebody who is not your wife or husband, or if you are single and you are unzipping with anybody on the planet, you are contrary to what the word is saying. Oh, All who love me will do. You see, you have to be in this place so that every other relationship will work well. When your car is not working or when something is spoiled and you take it to a shoddy repairer or something, they'll just tie something and then the thing will work till you get home. Maybe your car was making some noise. You go to the mechanic who's like, oh, come back in an hour. When you come, he starts it. Sound gone. Then you get home. Then you're like, oh, I want to go to the shop. Go and sit in the car. <laughs> My father will love them. And we will. No, let me go back there. You. You, you will only reveal yourself only to us. And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Each of us has God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me and remember my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate, the Holy Spirit, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I always say that you cannot be reminded of something you don't already know. You've got to know the thing and then maybe you forget. But if, that's why when you haven't studied and you get your exam, you to say, Lord, bring into remembrance that which I have studied. He will bring into remembrance. Zero. Oh, you don't get it. Some, I don't know if these days they do that, but when we were in uni and even in high school, you had people who were experts at selecting specific topics to study on the assumption that based on previous years, they have worked, they are more than lottery masters, they have worked and realized that a question always comes from here and a question comes from here and a question, so they select the five shore bankers and they memorize them. And sometimes when they go, five land, and then the next time, zero land. People have been known to say their own question. <laughs> I asked one guy this question some time ago because it happened to him. I said, why did you still sit there too? He said, so that the lecturer will know that I know something. I don't know the one he thought, but I do know something. <laughs> John 13, 34. 1 John 4. I'll read that one from the New King James Version. Write all these passages down there for you. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. So God is the one who has instituted love. He himself, his love. Do you understand? It's his attribute, but it's also him. Do, do, do you understand? I have black tendencies, but I'm also black. Oh, you, you don't get it? In this love of God was manifested towards us. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, 
Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the preparation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen. Tell your neighbor, this you're hating on me, my sis. <laughs> First Thessalonians 3.12. Verse, it says verse 12 and 13. It says that, and may the Lord make your love for one another, the NLT, and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. Amen. Yes. So tell the person, you have to love me. And let the love grow. And let the love overflow. Don't only leave it for somebody special. Some, I, do you have siblings who are like my says, but when they are in their relationship, they become very generous. <laughs> you ask them for something they, will never, they don't have, then you see them, like Valentine's coming. Some of you are about to spend money you don't have. Buy gifts for people who don't like you. Verse 13, may he, as a result, make your heart strong. Resist the feeling, resist the temptation. May he make your heart strong. Amen. Blameless and holy as you stand before God, our Father, when our Lord Jesus comes again. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. This one is all for us for this week. Some of you, you need this scripture because you are about to do some very foolish things between Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You are being delivered by the word of God. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Be on guard. Tell your neighbor, be on guard. It's also for the husbands and wives. Be on guard. Your wife is waiting for her Valentine gift. If you think you can forget it easily, be on guard. We are watching you. We are watching you. Isn't it funny that boyfriends and girlfriends are in the shop trying to find the nicest skirt? Their husbands and wife are discussing house bills, electricity, gas bill, water bill. <laughs> Preach, girl, preach, 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 preach. <laughs> Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. And do everything with love. Because sometimes coercion doesn't work. Explanation. <laughs> the only thing that's in, uh, they said, uh, some people are into, what's the love language of your spouse? Threats. <laughs> You see a marriage working, you don't know what is underpinning the marriage. <laughs> be courageous. Be, please pray for your pastors. You know, you know when you're in your daily prayers, always pray for your pastors. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything with love. <laughs> ah, the last one is 2 Peter 1, 5-11. I'll just read the verse 10 so that I can give you a few. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. It was talking about, you know, 
having self-control, love, kindness. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. May you not stumble. Yeah, may you not walk blindly into a foolish relationship. If you are married, may you not stumble. May your marriage not be destroyed. May your home not be destroyed. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If we will take the word of God serious, we will enjoy the world we are in. We will enjoy the life we have. Amen. So looking at the above passages that we have read, like I said last week, you realize that real love begins when feelings and falling in love face is set aside. Successful relationships cannot thrive on feelings. We have to try and separate love from feelings. Do you get what I'm saying? Because all the passages we read, you realize that they were not emotional passages and they were not subject to that. Yeah. Because some of us, even our relationship with God and our relationship even with this house and with your pastors, with other people in the church, is based on fear. I like the people in the church. The church, when I come and I like, you know, I, it won't last. It won't last. Ask anybody who's been married. Even the people who have only been married six months, they'll realize that every day is not shibby shibby. Every day there's not days of annoyance. You see, Pazam, please, when you are watching anything on Instagram, social media, anywhere, or anything, even when Reverend and I come and we are discussing my taking questions, please, you should know that what we are presenting to you is what it is of the day. If the day you want us to also list all the times we have caroled, all the issues we've had, we can present it because there's also a plate of that. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yes, 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 yes. The lasting... <laughs> the, the, the lasting of the marriage is because the quarrels, the joy, everything has brought us this far and has made us stronger. What didn't kill us has made us stronger. Do you understand? The mistakes we made, we learned from them. But because, haven't you realized that when you see somebody's one picture on Instagram, they were actually 45. They had to take the best. And after the best, they had to highlight this, change the lightning, do this, do this. By the time the picture was presented to you, it's not the real one. Go and look at the original picture the day it was taken at the time it was taken. <laughs> Number two, love can only be known and established by the actions it prompts. Love can only be known and established by the actions it prompts. That is why when you meet somebody and the only action they are prompting is sex, it should tell you that this one is not love, it is lust. If you love me, you let me hold your this. If you love me, you let me there. If you love me, you hold them. If you love me, you let me hold my. You see, the reason why when you look at all the things that you should look out for a spouse and all that, having attraction is one of them, but it's one of several. 
because, you see, even that sense of attraction, because when you meet somebody, I don't know if I told you last week that opposites attract, but in marriage, opposites attack. The lazy plus the hardworking, it's not easy in the marriage. The spender plus the saver, it's not easy in marriage. Do you understand? The dumb plus the daft. <laughs> you know, the mistake a lot of people make is that, oh, because I've got a master's, I want to marry with somebody who's got a master's. You can marry somebody who's got a master's, but they are not smart. In living, in life, you will be surprised that your marriage will be, you know, chapter two of this textbook, chapter four of this textbook, chapter five. It's not going to. So when we even say smart, is don't just think of education. Now, how do I find the right person? Please, make sure you go and read before you jump, and then chapter four. Things to consider before entering a relationship or re-entering. Because some of us, even the same person, we have been entering and re-entering. We've broken up. We are back together. We've broken up. We are back together. We have broken up. We are back together. We've broken up. <laughs> now you are ashamed to say you are back together. <laughs> How is the relationship going? <laughs> Before you go looking and analyzing the right person, you have to become the right person. I just thought I should spend a bit of time on that. Do you get what I'm saying? Because if you don't pause and then check yourself out, the right person will elude you for a long while. Psalm 139, the Bible says in verse 23 and 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Amen. You, that is the first thing that you yourself, you sort yourself out before, you know, the analysis must start from you. Before you go analyzing potential, potential, please. Because your view of potential is affected by how you see yourself. Matthew 12, 7, I'll read Amplified in the Message Bible. It says that, so then, whatever you desire that others will do to end for you, even so, do also for them. For this is the law of the prophet. So what you, you claim you want, you have to become. The Message Bible says, here is a simple rule of thumb. Guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and you do it. Add up God's laws and prophets and this is what you get. So whatever you are, you know, you have imagined your marriage will be like, you have imagined your partner will be like, my spouse will be like this. First of all, you become it. Why? Because you attract who you are and not what you want. So you'll be like admiring this, but these are the only kind of people who come. Yeah, because some of you, some of, sometimes out of situations or out of 
exposure at a very early age, you have become very highly sexualized. So when you see men, immediately you go into that mode. Maybe you're even walking normal. Then you see brothers, then they're walking has to change. And then you are wondering why you only attract leeches. So you will attract the kind who's also just looking for sex, not a relationship. Who's, because you have postured yourself. Asan, your dress was here, then you kind of have to push it down and bring the breast up a bit. In case they miss the size. And don't miss, the, 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 that kind of man will not miss the size. Yeah. The same with the brothers. Do you understand? They know the things that catch girls. Do, do, do you get it? Yeah. So they'll dress in a certain way and spray a specific perfume that says, I am here. I have arrived. You see me. You see me. I see you. You see me. I see you. The right kind of girl who is looking for marriage is not looking for scent. She's not going to turn at you and say, mm, that was an amazing smell. But a sister who knows what that smell can do is you smell nice, you smell real good. Now you're looking for a wife, and only you smell nice, you smell good are coming to you. You attract who you are, not what you want. Number three, you don't have authority over any other human spirit except yours. What am I saying? You see, the reason why you should work on yourself is that it's only you, yourself, you can work on. This, when we marry, I'll change him. You know, I'll help him transform. When we read scripture, Luke 9, when you realize that God gave us power over demons, evil spirits, not human spirits. And all through scripture, you see that the Bible is describing how we rule our spirit well. So we have control over our spirit, not somebody else's. So if there's any working to be done, it's your own. Tell somebody it's your own. Malachi 2 verse 16, the, the Amplified, the Bible says that, For the Lord, the God of Israel says, I hate divorce and marital separation. And him who covers his garment, his wife, with violence. Therefore, keep a watch upon your spirit that it may be controlled. Keep a watch upon your spirit that it may be controlled. Proverbs 16.32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his own spirit stronger than he who takes a city. Amen. Control. Have control over your spirit, your emotions. Do you understand? You can't take that into marriage. Do, do you, get what? you cannot take it into marriage. And if you meet somebody from a distance, you can see their manifestation and you say that I'm the one who, there are some girls that they feel that they have an anointing to tame this bad boy. They, they, they are the ones who, they are the ones who bring him in church. They will subdue him. You will be subdued, overrun. <laughs> what does it mean to rule your spirit well? It means to discipline your inner Desires, impulses, thoughts, actions, and words. To discipline 
your inner desires. In. You see, when you are preparing for marriage or even when you are in marriage, it is you that you have to deal with. Not, he said this, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't. Hardly would you, somebody come for marriage counseling and say, Pastor, I need help. I think I'm not treating my husband well. I don't know. I haven't heard it before. It's always reporting the spouse. If they are not doing something wrong, hopefully the spouse will forgive and um, let it go, let it go. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, cowardice, cringing, and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm, amplified, calm and well-balanced mind in discipline and self-control. Some of us, we need to become more balanced before we try a relationship. Haven't you seen that all your relationships have gone some way? It can't be that every one of those girls or every one of those guys went some way. The common denominator is you. I thought they said the theme is real talk. It's about time you became well-balanced. Yeah. You see, and especially for us as women, ladies have a challenge. One of our greatest blessings is that we are detailed. You know, that's why when a husband and wife go to a place, the man will only see that, oh, the place was crowded or the place was not. Or the lady will be like, oh, yeah, there were four girls standing here and there, there were three guys and one had a blue shoe. Did you see the white shirt? I think that it was made of the same. It sounds like a Calvin Klein, and their husband is totally confused. <laughs> Sometimes there are person who even go somewhere that you didn't go. When they come, you're like, how was it? Oh, it was okay. Oh, what do you mean by it was okay? They, then they have to be pulling. If you ask their wife, if their wife goes somewhere and asks her, it was not a joke at all. It was a joke. Where do I even start from? I tell you. Yeah. Details, details. And in marriage, or even in a, it's a blessing that somebody also is making sure that, do you understand, the T's are crossed. And the, but the cross of the T can lead into pettiness. Yeah. You just, we can't, everything, I mean, so that same thing that can be a blessing can become, that's why you have to discipline yourself and have a balance. And no. And that's why you should be spirit controlled so that you will have, a, otherwise everywhere. In fact, you can realize, just as I was, sometimes even in friendship groups, you are the only one who has moved from like four different friendship groups. It can't be that all those groups are not good because the friendships are still there, yeah. that minus you. <laughs> oh, let's leave it for Thursday. Thursday will be very exciting, Jesus. Yeah. The next one, five, two more minutes. We have to take questions. You do what you do. Hey, will I finish this thing? I feel like we have to. Yeah. You do what you do because of what you think of yourself. You do what you do because of what you think. That's why the first part of Proverbs 23, 7 says that for us, a man thinks so is he in his heart. What you are thinking is who you currently are in that season 
and not necessarily what you are saying, if what you are saying doesn't tie up with what you are thinking. So in the moment, it doesn't matter what you are saying, what you are thinking is actually who you are. <laughs> so sometimes you realize that you may be currently confessing something, but you haven't become it yet necessarily. That's why Mark eleven twenty four says that we shall have, have what we say. We shall have. We don't have it. So when we say it, and our faith increases and increases, and we have enough belief for it, we will have it. Do you, do you understand? So when, when, when we say something, it doesn't necessarily mean it is who we are now. Do you understand? So we are making our confession. Every Sunday we are making, every morning we are making the same confession. Yeah, we are favored. Everywhere we turn, we are... At a point, when it has become us, we'll walk in that favor. But what you are thinking is defining you. You take decisions based on what you are thinking. You are attracted to what you are thinking. You go where you are thinking. Yeah, that's why when you are always watching wrong things, your mind will go to find somebody to sleep with. Because that's what's in your mind. You can be singing holy songs. You can have a big cross on your neck. You can even be sharing tracks in town. You can be preaching the gospel. The gospel you are preaching is what you are preaching. It's not what you are thinking. Yeah. That is why you have to transform your mind. It is imperative that you... Ah, that was the way. You, you have to transform your mind. Yeah. Sometimes based on our upbringing, our education, our culture, whatever... Our marriage will suffer if we don't transform our mind. Some of us, because we've had one or two hundred boyfriends or girlfriends, our mind is now wired in a certain way when it comes to relationship. Our mind is quite, if you don't transform it, your marriage will struggle. You can go into the marriage. That's why I'm saying that be careful that what you are saying is matching with what you are thinking. Because he comes in, as for my marriage, I'll give my husband and I'll prepare a menu. I told you the day we went for a women's program in America and this girl had a question, almost threw the question at her. As for me, when I marry, I'm going to give my husband a menu every morning so that he can circle what he wants. He refused, he refused, he refused. In fact, before the question, I was Immediately, the, all the ladies were like, this person is not married. <laughs> her ignorance was talking. Her ignorance was talking. <laughs> but what she was saying, if it doesn't match with how her mind works, because if her mind works in a way that she saw her mother being abused, saw her mother being maltreated, she was brought up saying that don't let a man walk all over you. Don't let a man maltreat you. She's not going there to make menu. She's going there to make sure that nobody's going to walk over her. And she's not going to give in to nobody. So what you are thinking is actually what you manifest. And that's what drives you. Do, do you get it? That is why even as you want to choose a spouse, pray. Because when the guy comes with the raps, you have to go beyond the raps. Paul said that no, no man after the flesh. So when he says, you know, you're my cutie pie, my honey bun, you know, you know, you want to be able to read beyond the lines and see what's inside that head. <laughs> it is easier to accept negative things of yourself than the positive. 
naturally. Just as bad news easily sells, bad news attracts all of us. Most of the things we click on on social media are the ones that have drama lines inside. It looks like this hot topic. Even for us, the word of God you would declare healing over us, would declare favor over us. Would it, it is difficult to just take that in and walk in it. It is easier to take, I'm struggling, it's not going to be easy. UK is a hard place, you know, this, I've lost my job. It's not going to be easy to get another job. It's easier to walk in that. That's why for some of us, even as going up, when someone says you are beautiful, you are like you are lying. Sometimes it's also because they want you to say it again. Ah, distorted identity, a distorted, let me just give this last one to you so we can take some, are you blessed by it? A distorted identity will be used by the devil to create destructive habits. A distorted identity of yourself will be used by the devil to create destructive habits, whether it's how you spend money, or immorality, or even laziness. I mean, chai. And that's why you have to develop a Christ-centered identity before you step out into anything. Because if you have a distorted identity, the devil will hop on it and use it to wind you up. You have to develop a Christ-centered identity. You have to find yourself define yourself in Christ when you develop a Christ-centered identity you see that a lot of cycles in your life will change you realize that you begin to develop new habits new attitudes new mindsets you realize that now the environment you want you know I tell parents that you cannot be everywhere your children are but at least up to a certain age you have a level of control over the environment they are in that's why when you are a parent and you won't bring your child to church, you are creating another environment for them. Do you understand? Because even if you bring them into an environment of church, you may still not have full control, but at least you determine. You know, I was with somebody where a father was like, the child was really good with football, got a place in one of the young like football teams of one of, took the child there. And the, when the child came, the first thing the child came telling him was that, asking him was, Daddy, why does everybody smoke? And then he and his wife had meeting that, do we want him to become a superstar or do we want him to? <laughs> yeah. And then they had to take a decision based on that. Because that's also an environment that they can choose to lead their child in. Do you get what I'm saying? For all of us, most of us here, we determine the environment we are in. So we have to determine that we want a Christ-centered life. So the environment will create it so that we become that. Otherwise, the devil will take advantage of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's take a few questions. According to the word of God, is infidelity ever forgivable and why? According to the word of God, every sin is forgivable. But the wages of sin, you always, the price will be paid, but God will forgive you. So let me give you a good example. If you go and fornicate and you get HIV, you can still be saved. You make it to heaven but the disease don't catch you. <laughs> Out of God's grace, he can bring healing. Do you understand? So you are a saved patient. <laughs> Do you understand? So there is no sin too great for God. 
But the Bible says that will grace abound so that we just keep messing up. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you cannot have the mindset. You see, that is where one of the problems, especially with Christians, when we overcome certain levels of sin, we become proud. Because now we feel that because of the life we are living, we are not sinners. But your sin now is called pride, arrogance. Ugh. God hates it, even the look of it. Yeah, so God will forgive you, but repentance is 10, 180, not 360. Do you understand? Because if you repent, you can't go there again. Okay? Sometimes God will forgive you, but if you are a married person, now your wife teaches him she will take. Do you understand? Yeah. If, if you are blessed to have a wife who will show mercy, do you understand? It doesn't mean God, if you have fully repented, God has forgiven you. Mrs. or Mr. First, we, we always used to say Mrs. Now we have to say Mr. or Mrs. Because the women have arrived. This is what Beijing Conference brought us equality, this, that, that, and then, yeah. And, and, and you see, what, was, what it is is that for a long time, the women too, they can have affairs, but women are better at concealing than men. The man will come, the lipstick is on his shirt, the number is on his pocket. Hey. They catch them like that. Go. How important is physical attraction when looking for a spouse? It's like one out of 20. It's not the most important thing. When you are looking for a trophy, it can be number one. But when you are looking for a wife, yeah, or a husband, because, yeah. They're taking the question, yeah. When you are looking for a husband or a wife, because you see, some people, when they are hunting, they are hunting for just a prey to eat. Some people, when they are hunting, they are hunting to keep. If you are hunting to keep, Attraction cannot just be the most important thing. Do you understand? It is necessary because if you are also married to somebody you don't like and you don't find attractive. And you see, God has made all kinds of human beings to meet all kinds of desires and likes. So all of us, our kind exists. And as some people have been saying, including Reverend Chris, Reverend Claire was not my type. I don't even know. You have married here 27 years. You're going to 20. So you even realize that the thing that you have been thinking that is your type is your type. That is actually not even your type. Till the day comes and you realize that your type was not. I'll tell them. I'll tell them. Tell them. How many of you have heard Reverend say that? Yeah. Yeah. So you see that even what you are attracted to can change. When your mind, <laughs> even, what, even what you are attracted to can change. I, I am also here. I'm going to answer questions too. <laughs> even what you are, you are attracted to can change when your mindset changes. When you become spirit controlled, you realize that certain things don't move you anymore. Brothers say amen. amen. The brother will say, I'm a leg type. I'm a leg man. I'm a breast man. I'm a, you see, sometimes when you become spirit filled, you see that. The body parts are not as important anymore because, are there young, any young people here? How young? Because flat chest can be amazing in bed. Big breast can be amazing in bed. So you'll be chasing flat. Well, it's true. But 
Attraction also counts oh, yes. for a little. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the person has to be attracted. You have to be attracted Ooh. or the person has to be attractive to you to so enjoy that it. you don't look elsewhere all the time. But it's just like she said, one twentieth. It's it's in the book. Where is the book? It's on the deck. It's on the deck. So before you jump, it says that the criteria we use to choose a boyfriend or a girlfriend is not the same criteria we use for a wife or a husband. Because for a boyfriend is for bragging rights. A girlfriend is for bragging rights, but for a husband is for life. Why, why do you want to choose a handsome model who is lazy as anything? Or who is promiscuous and going nowhere with his life? So. Please make sure. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, read your next question. How should a Christian wedding be different from a non-Christian wedding? Wedding? You mean the ceremony? Ah, but... <laughs> Okay, okay. So I think what, what they are talking about is drink, music, and all that. Listen, for me, if you have ever come for counseling, premarital counseling, I'll tell you, don't waste money on the wedding. Because the wedding is party for people to enjoy, not you. For most couples, they do enjoy, the, 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 they are tired, the, the guy is thinking about sex, and everything. The guy, the, la- the lady's shoes are killing her and she wants to get out of the shoes. Uh, you know, and, and the guy has all sorts of imagination. It's not about, so really, don't waste money trying to impress people that my wedding reception, there was five course meal. Who cares about the meal? Especially when you don't have a roof over your head when you, when we see the bridal car going. You don't know where you are going to sleep in the evening. Our wedding, our wedding, the total amount of money we spent on our wedding was less than 300 pounds. Yeah. 27 years ago, less than 300 pounds. She bought a dress from John Lewis, Debenhams. And... I bought a dress for 99 pounds. 99 pounds. I had a ring from Argos for 99 pounds. My ring was 18 pounds. And I used, I had two suits, one green, one brown. brown. I wore the green one because the green one was nicer than the brown. And my choir, I was a choir director. My choir was the one that did the, um, they did the, my, my sisters did the cooking the quad gave uh, somebody, the quad did the drinks, and we had a wedding. And I married in the night. Because I couldn't afford Saturday afternoon wedding. We were, we, our wedding was 7 p.m. Saturday night. If you like, come. If you like, don't come. I, I, I think that, you know, we, we almost forget that wedding is different from marriage. So we put so much energy and effort into wedding, and we put so little effort into preparing for marriage. You know, we'll go for 10 fittings for the dress. No. Go for... <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
You know, we'll that go, was 27 years ago. We'll go for, spend, invest so much. Do you understand about weddings? Go for wedding fairs to look at different kinds. But we don't, when they say come for counseling, you're irritated. Reverend Sam, can we postpone the counseling? Reverend Sam, what time will we finish when we come at three? What time will the counseling end? Reverend Sam, how many more counseling sessions do we have? Meanwhile, it takes a doctor seven years to become a doctor. And you, you are going to marriage for the next 65 years. And you want to use two hours counseling to equip yourself into, forget the wedding, do what you can. You see, it's not like a big wedding, it's not good. You know your level, find your level, and then do your level. Do you understand? God will bless your level. Don't be, don't be moved by other people's whatever. Next question. Let's run to a few. How can I be content with my singlehood? How? There's one before that. How to know when I am ready to begin dating or entering relationships? How? Uh, when you have gone through this, uh, sorted yourself out. When you have read this book 16 <laughs> times. <laughs> when, when you have sorted yourself out, do you understand? Uh, there's a level of maturity that is needed. That's why sometimes a child will go to, from next to whatever, going to Kiste, they say, oh no, they are not ready. They'll put them back. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so the readiness will come as your maturity. That's why you may be young, but matured. I, I you may be old, not ready. I, I think there's another um, side to the question. Say, for instance, you've had a heartbreak. Uh, you've been in a bad relationship. You want to re-enter. When do you know you are ready? Number one, when you are forgiving yourself. Number two, when you are healed. Number three, when you have gotten to the place where you enjoy your singlehood. Some of us, we don't enjoy our single life. We don't enjoy it because we feel lonely. We feel, we feel lonely and we just want... Any man, any man can come and I will marry. No, please don't. Enjoy being single. Enjoy being alone. Enjoy your own company. Because if you don't enjoy your own company, nobody will enjoy your company. And also, marriage doesn't take away the loneliness. There are married people who are more lonely. And there's nothing like somebody being there and being lonely. It's better if there's nobody there and you feel lonely. I write in the book the difference between loneliness and being alone. You have to understand the difference between the two. Yes, Lord. How do I find a partner when I only go to work, school, and church? You want to see okay. blood? Okay. <laughs> I, I have a good answer. Uh, you start from where you are. Start from where you are. If you are in church, start from church. Don't, don't, you see, the, the problem with, with us, when I say us in church, we like the unknown. So the sister who is always here, or the brother who is always here, never ever catches your attention. You want somebody, an unknown quantity. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you start from where you are. The best person to marry is the friend you have. The one who is around. The one you already know. is the best candidate. Because you know almost everything to expect than the unknown quantity you are going to bring. I think that marriage is sustained by friendship. 
not by the goosebumps. The goosebumps, you know butterflies. Did you know that butterflies, their lifespan is in days? Me, I only came to defend myself. No, no, do you know that butterflies, <laughs> do you know that butterflies, their lifespan is in days? So if butterflies will determine the length of your relationship, the butterfly is dying soon. But friendship will survive through the through the all the changing scenes of life. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? All of us, we like new things. The ladies, when they get new dress, they have to wear. Their brothers, when they have a new gadget, they don't even, they can't concentrate. We, our eyes like, you know, the last of the eyes. Is the person by you? Sometimes the person you have to marry, I don't know if you remember um, Catherine. Mm. Ah, the brother had been in her life since she was a child. By the time we got to know her and she was helping us in church, that's when I saw the brother. I said, sister, said, oh, no, 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 I'm no, finding no. somebody for him. I'm going to find, I've introduced him to this person. Well, anyway, now they are married with three children. Next question. There was two things I was going to give to us, which was two underlining qualities of the right person, their relationship with Christ and their consistency in pursuing Christ, the values they hold most dear and which govern their lives. When you begin or you meet somebody or you're about today and you realize that the person is not drawing you towards the things of God, towards God, but it's rather drawing you away. You used to be somebody who was in church on Wednesdays. You used to sing the choir. Now you got into the relationship. Sunday morning, say we are going to the gym at 11. We'll watch online. You're in trouble. But the one who is like, oh, I have to go to work, but make sure you're going for the prayer meeting. You know, the one that even as you're preparing for your relationship, you set your own prayer times. You set your own, you know, quiet time you discuss you see things in scripture about relationship you come and get counsel on it do you understand what i'm saying yeah so you build each other up and not be talking you see when you keep having all your conversation relationship i miss you i love you oh god have you missed me all you're going to do is fornicate and fornicate and fornicate even husband and wife they should be using that but they don't know that that's what they should be using that every hour in the day they should be texting their wife or husband how are you are you okay Preparation for the night. Anyway, let's Next week, are you coming for Coffee for Life? Yes. How She's spoiling me. How can young couples balance personal autonomy and their relationship while maintaining their individual identity? Accountability. Have, apart from you two being accountable to each other, have someone who is accountable for the both of you, independent of you. I think, no, I think they're also saying that how do they keep, you know, their because some people get lost when they get married. They, they are transformed, so they can't find myself. Some people were eager to marry so much that since they married, everything is my husband, you know, my husband, and so how do you keep it and yet still have, do, do you get what I'm saying? And that one is only the word of God that can control you because it says that you should submit to your husband. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have to submit to your husband. And a good husband will also make sure that you flourish as you help him do what he has to do. Next. How can you love certain family members when they haven't shown that type of love? Family members. Okay. You're, you're attacking so, my message. So I know, right? <laughs> for, for most times, the counseling, what we say is that block family members. No, no, this one, the person is talking not about marital, their own family, like their siblings. Your, how their your really, own siblings. Yes, their own family. 
their own family members. So like if you have issues with your sister, you have issues with your father, you have, how do you, what's the question again? How can you love certain family yes. members when they have But when you are married, family members are both sides, isn't it? Yeah, but this one is not married. This one is a different question. It's not on relation. It's on family. Yeah, so it's on family. You know, like if you have a sibling, a sister, or your father, and they are not lovable. You have to, they say that the love of Christ constrains us. So you love them in obedience to the word of God, not because of how they are behaving. That's where the cassette love will be needed. Because all of us have some in our family. Oh, isn't it? All of us have some. And they are the ones who are even, who need you more. And God will also use that to tempt you and to test you. That just as it, uh, Saul was used to test David's heart. Because Saul didn't like David. And David had an opportunity to be some way to us. But then you have to, it will test your spiritual maturity, your spiritual growth. Do you understand? You will, it says that by their chase conversation, your chase conversation, you will transform them. Do, do you understand? Yeah, some of you, the quarrels in your family, it is you who bring deliverance. Yeah, but rather, if you're going to take sides, your mother's side, your father's side, your sister's side, your brother's side. Next question. What do you believe are the essential ingredients for a successful and healthy dating relationship, particularly among young adults? Openness. Same, same answer. Openness, accountability. There are do's and don'ts. Don't be caught in a room together at a certain time. Don't be caught in a lonely place by yourselves at a certain time because you are attracted to him, you are attracted to her. So why are you trying to put, it's like he, the Bible says that who takes a coal of fire and puts it in a bosom and not expect to be burnt. So just be sensible. Proverbs 27, 12, the Bible says that a prudent person foresees danger and takes precaution. The simple mind that goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Mercy. What do you do when your spouse talks too much <laughs> and keeps repeating the same thing every time, making a two-minute conversation, 10 to 10 minutes? Oh. Prompt where, them. Where is the question? Find a way to prompt you them. You have missed all the ones above it. The, the Bible says something. The Bible says that speaking the truth in love, we may grow thereby. So learn how to tell. Say, for instance, you have a... a, 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 a uh, beloved or whatever who has bad hygiene. Do you understand what I'm saying? Y you can't say that, oh, I don't want to offend them, so I won't say it. No, you, you, you have to speak the truth, but speak it in love. How would you want somebody to prompt you about something that your blind spot is the same way you do with the person? Are you with me? I, I think that the person will trust you more when you are very frank and you are, you know, you prompt them about the side that they, they have not looked at, at properly. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. They will, they will love you more and they will see that you are real than trying to also fake. Can you provide examples of instances where you've compromised in your relationship and how you find common ground? I, I'll tell you one and then we'll, I'll go and sit down. Oh, are we our example? Yeah. Compromise. Okay. So, she wanted to be a politician. 
she she all she 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 came to do her masters she already had a job the job came with a car a house a driver and all she had to do she had finished her exam and she was leaving to go into politics and then i said to her me i am a pastor i am going to be a pastor i am a pastor i want to be a preacher i don't like politics i don't do politics so there had to be compromise so the on the the long and short is that she's standing here 27 years and not campaigning in the in some i'm still campaigning for jesus yeah is that is that what you're asking like yeah i think that that's a major thing and that's why all of us even now whether you're married or not you should have people in your life who can speak to you and who whose words matter to you do you understand who you can take good counsel from it could be your pastors sometimes um, relative whatever a combination of them it says that in the multitude of counsel there is safety you know my mother was one of the people who was like when you marry where do you think you're going do you understand yeah so that was it was it wasn't too difficult because you should also marry somebody especially for the ladies you should marry somebody that you trust and somebody that even if things don't work so long as they are there you'll be happy and that is why sometimes when you are looking at you want to marry somebody who is rich, somebody is that you are setting yourself for a fall. Because life happens, seasons change. Sometimes the person who looks like he doesn't have anything today will have something. Amen. And somebody who has something. And somebody who see, has something. See, she's trying to put me on the spot, but I don't mind that. And somebody who has when, something. When we got married, we got married on Saturday, right? I think Monday. I used to have a side gig. I used to do delivery for an Indian curry. So I'll go to work, finish at five, come home, the tandoori chicken. Yeah. And I used to deliver. So after work, I pick her up from the train station and we do the tandoori chicken together. So I'll go the first one to deliver. When I come back, the next delivery, she's doing it. Then we come back. When we finish at 11.30 and we are going home, the Tandoori people will give us, you know, uh, what do you call it? Jafrezi chicken. And then we'll go, we'll go home and eat the Jafrezi chicken and we go to bed. Easy. Okay, so that's how I see. <laughs> Let me go and sit down. <laughs> oh, put your hands together for me. I think that sometimes it's good for us to be open and to share things because otherwise we mess our lives up with our expectations. And, you know, unfortunately for us, the world we live in right from a young age, they give us romance books that are lies. They give us romance movies that are lies. Even movies that shouldn't have romance in, they'll put romance in because it sells. So you will see Jackie Chan, but then there's some lady that will fall in love. But it's not so. The reality is that you have to live a life. And that's why they're choosing, if you use attraction alone, attraction, they know they chop. Attraction doesn't pay bills. Beautiful, handsome, tall, dark, and this with beard and no beard or whatever. It doesn't pay bills. 
when things, when life happens, you'll be irritated by the beard. You'll be irritated by the breast. You'll be irritated by it. Do you understand? Because instead of both of you going to find work and then you have two lazy bunnies, you'll be annoying each other. Or one is lazy playing computer games while the other has gone to work. It doesn't matter how handsome or funny. He's funny. He always makes me laugh. The jokes will bring a slap. Let's do one more and then we'll go. Can you date someone from a different Christian denomination, such as Catholic or Seventh-day Adventist? Oh, can you see? This is a good example. One of the good things about being in the same place is that you hear the same things, and then it is easier to live your life in one direction. Another may not be necessary. It's not necessarily bad. Do you understand? If the person is in the church and before they pray, they have to kneel down. And you are in the church, before you pray, you have to jump or whatever. You're all praying. Do, do you get it? But what happens and where the challenges become is where there are doctrinal differences. How you raise a child. How you treat your spouse. Do you understand how you deal with money? You have a challenge because one person is being told, hide your money, hide your money. Then they'll come and stand in this way and say, be open, be transparent. With which one is going to work in the house? So it does bring issues. And that is why as much as possible, you worship in the same place. Do you understand? Because also when you have issues, it can easily be addressed in the same place. Otherwise, one person's pastor has this opinion. How many of you know that we all have our church face and our church attitude? When your wife is saying something or your husband is saying something, others will be like, oh, no, he's not like that. Have you been in the house? You haven't been in the house. So I think that it helps. It doesn't necessarily mean unless I'm not going to discuss any, um, what do you call it, religion or any, but you know the word of God. Or you should know the word of God. And that foundation should be your determining factor. I'm not going to be, we've asked somebody before, is the person a Christian? He says he listens to Christian radio. Next question. Please give our Christian brothers tips on noticing when a sister isn't interested in the advances. Brother, it is not that she's not interested in your advances. You are doing your advances wrong. I've been telling you, Christian brother, your advance is wrong. So, Christian sister, I apologize on behalf of Christian brother. Christian brother, young adults is going to start soon. Please come for training. When the young adults are, please come for training. It is not, your advances, they said it's not working. So stop it. Come and learn the right one. That same place that they said no, they will say yes. Are we done? Okay. Oh, do you have, give us one more. I saw one question there that looked funny. Sometimes the demon has to be killed. Which one? Shh. Um, what was it? Oh, yeah. So this too. No, no. Please come down. Leave it there. How do you ensure purity whilst in courtship leading up to marriage? 
And the other one is that should a couple continue to sign up for post-marriage con- uh, counseling? So the, should a couple continue to sign up for post-marriage counseling? I think that post-marriage counseling is even more important because now you are living it. Do you understand? So any conversations and any counseling that is coming, you have either seen it. Ah, that's why last week, you, you, you get it. Because the do's and don'ts for husbands and wives are very different based on how we are made up. And so when you are being counseled after marriage, I was telling somebody recently that as soon as you get married, your first six months to a year is for adaptability. It's not a joke at all. Most married, that's their most turbulent. I mean, on every level. On cleanliness, this, that, that. So post-counseling, I think, is really important. Most people don't do it till they have trouble. But you shouldn't wait to have issues before you have post-marital counseling. Uh, Reverend says that he's available for all the married couples in the church. Reverend says that he will have post-marital counseling with you. So please, um, Ophelia, rise up, rise up. Yeah, Ophelia, Ophelia will be getting married soon. So, yeah. So you can see Ophelia and she'll book um, a post-marriage counseling. So it will run over a period of time, but it will. How do you ensure purity whilst in caution? If you make Christ the center of the relationship. I mean, can you imagine that you, 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 are, you, you are on a visit or you're there, and then the two of you, you know, even if you are holding your hand, Kabosha, Tara, Father, we commit our marriage, our future marriage into your hands. We ask that you help us to keep ourselves pure. We commit every part of our lives. We ask that you have mercy on us. Then when you finish, you kiss the person. It's not possible. Do you understand? So if you want to keep your, your, your courtship pure, put Christ in the middle. But if you put anything, let's, let's go and have, um, let's go to the movies. Let's go to um, San Carlo. It's a nice place to take um, um, married couples for Valentine. Go to San Carlo. San Carlo, I'm advertising for you. Please send me free ticket. <laughs> You see, when you do that, you are causing trouble. The Bible says that who puts coal in their bosom and it doesn't burn. Do you understand? If you are not ready to bake any cake, don't turn the engine on. And you yourself, you know the things that will turn the oven on. So don't go and turn the oven on if there's nothing to bake. Do you understand? Because once the oven is on, somebody will be baked. (laughs) Let's rise up onto our feet, please. Let's rise up.